Hello and welcome to Business Meets Coast, a podcast by me, Sophie Morley. And me, Stephen Bright. Join us as we interview various businesses, industry leaders, innovators, entrepreneurs, startups and business mentors to get insight, advice and funny stories from people who have been through it all before. Let's do this. On this episode of Business Meets Coast, we sit down with PR expert Nicole Carrington. We find out what it's like working behind the scenes at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Festival Brisbane, and Nicole gives some great tips and advice on how to manage and create social media and comms for your business. I have to admit I'm super excited to talk about Mercedes-Benz Fashion Festival Brisbane with the wonderful Nicole Carrington, who is the media manager for the festival. Um, Hashtag MBFF. <laughs> sounds like it's something BFF, most best friend forever. <laughs> Sorry, that's really lame. Um, but before we delve into that, Nicole, can you just sort of explain a little bit about your background? Hi. Um, sure. So I've been a career journalist for almost 25 years. Um, I worked for News Corp for 10 years of that time. And um, on my maternity leave, as the empire was crumbling, I decided <laughs> that that was a good time to diversify into communications and mm-hmm. PR. Um, and I was actually scheduled to go back from my maternity leave. But in the end, I decided that freelancing was perfect for my sort of trying to establish a work-life balance with two small kids. Mm-hmm. And so I've been in comms and PR ever since, full-time, from 2012. Okay. And do you run, like, your own business? Yeah, so I've always freelanced, um, even when I was working full-time uh, for News Cop. I've always just had a side hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really good for your creativity to sort of dabble in a few different areas. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel alive to be mm-hmm. stressed and over busy. You know? <laughs> Typical creative thing, take yes. on too much work. It's a, it's yeah. a flaw, but um, it's good to be busy, I think. Yeah, cool. And is all, are all journalists now freelancers? Like, are there any full-time employees or it's just... I think what we've seen is with the, um, as I mentioned, the fall of News Corp, um, that many journalists have now gone into communications and government media, mm-hmm. which is also what oh, I've really? done. I've specialised sort of in um, government health for Queensland Health. I worked for them for, for two years, which I really loved. Um, so, yeah, I think journal- most journalists and freelance anyway. That's my experience. Mm-hmm. Sort of, it's, As I said, it's good to have a side hustle. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's what you've seen is a lot of people have gone into communications and government media because that's where the job security and stability is. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So I really want to just start talking about Mercedes-Benz Fashion Festival in <laughs> Brisbane <love> <laughs> because I am a huge fashion fan. I love you it. Come. You come. I would love to. to Can I? Yes, please. Because I would love to. Yeah. I would love to Tickets attend. Tickets on sale now. So your role as media manager, I would imagine, would be hugely challenging and stressful for, stressful for such a big festival um, what what do you, what is your main sort of duties and roles and and what yeah what do you do 
So basically there's a small team and um, it's a really exciting, amazing project that I love. It's, it's, so I look forward to it every year. Uh, I also get a little bit nervous every year because it is quite a big taxing role. Mm. And when I first got it, I haven't been doing it now, this is my third year that I've done it. I remember just thinking, oh, this is so enormous, I don't know. No, if I can take yeah. this on. Um, and I got it through an old contact when I was at News Corp. The Mercedes-Benz Fashion Festival actually launched in 2006. Um, so it's been going for 13 years. I think I got the maths right then. Um, <laughs> just as I was at News Corp launching, um, part of a team launching a news magazine. So that's how long I've known that I've known since it began. Mm. So I've become quite good friends with the directors. Um, so I, I, we work in a small team of really amazing people from production, um, from front of house, a sort of a whole lot of experts come in, there's hundreds of models, hundreds of spectators, um, you know, it is a big deal. This year we're sort of expecting about 4,000 people to come. Wow. So it's over five days, but of course being a big event, as you guys know, in communications it all sort of begins months before, mm. months of planning, preparation. So there's a lot of managing, um, so being the media manager I look after all the, uh, make sure that we get maximum publicity, maximum reach for the brand. Of course being our major sponsors from Mercedes-Benz. So there's a lot of writing, there's a lot of coordination, there's a lot of social media activity. We also live stream every show, every night. Mm -hmm. So it's over wow. five nights um, and we have lunchtime events as well. Mm -hmm. So and our network partner, um, our media partners, Network 10. So it's kind of just looking after them and making sure that they get exclusivity on everything because we've had previous years where other TV networks have wanted to come and I've had to chase them yeah. off the premises. Bye! Yeah, so it's just making sure they get everything they need, setting up talent, you know, liaising with all the designers, yeah. making sure they get publicity. Um, of course, we work really closely with news.com.au and Korea Mail. Um, we talk, I'll do a media plan, content plan with them. I'll probably, you know, start doing that a few months out. Yeah, cool. Just hear from them about what they need, what stories they're interested in. Yeah. Um, so we try and make sure that, of course, every designer gets their moment in the sun. That's not always possible, but we do our best. There's a lot of emerging designers as well as established designers and national designers who take part. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a great gig. It's full on. Mm. And you have nowadays. a lot of diverse fashion as well. I mean, as much as I love fashion, I sometimes don't understand it, <laughs> to be honest. And I'm thinking, would I wear that? You've got but, to I'm, to but I'm sure that there's some reasoning behind it. Mm. Um, it's really exciting. We have a Next Gen show every year, which showcases TAFE, Queensland and um, uni students from QUT. Mm -hmm. And some of their creations, I mean, they're always bold and amazing. And we've had some, um, some great high-profile models. We had Jet Kenny last year. Okay, yes. He walked in that show, walks in mini superstar. Uh, model, but um, I just that was a really memorable moment last year. We had David Bowie blasting out from the speakers and um, Rebel Rebel, and he was strutting around and next gen. Wow, he showed mm. the photos later, it was pretty spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> this footage with me squealing in the background, so it's <laughs> embarrassing. Oh my goodness, did you watch him on Dancing with the Stars? I did for a little yeah. while, yeah, yeah, he's a talented man, yeah. 
He's all right. <laughs> you should see him on the catwalk. It goes okay. <laughs> so is it the same um, show in every city, or is it like is the no. Brisbane one just Brisbane designs? Yeah, or? so it's yeah, like okay. independently run in each city. Yeah, cool. it's called different things. Like so, in, like I said, in um, New South Wales, it's called Mercedes Benz Fashion Week Australia, whereas where Mercedes Benz Fashion Festival Brisbane. So it's the biggest fashion event, premier fashion event in Queensland. I think I'm in. You've got to come, lady. <laughs> I love it. I'll have a look at what shows are available. Um, but I suppose we shouldn't talk too much yeah, kind of about just fashion subject. because we do have you here for a purpose <laughs> in the sense of talking about um, communication, PR and social media tips. Yeah, I was going to say, so you were saying how, you know, you started in journalism and yep. you went to the dark side. You were telling <laughs> us before we started recording. Um, so what are, like, some good tips? Because you, sort of, you sort of immediately know what journalists are after. Yeah. So that someone, yeah, just doing the comms side of it, what are some good tips to help them, like, you know, excite the journal- journos out there? Yeah. Or? Okay, so if, you, if you're going to do your own social media and your own comms, I think that's great. But if you do have a budget, I'd always recommend that you hire a comms specialist, just someone with a background. I mean, that's their professional capacity, someone who can take a lot of stress and pressure off you in a business and take over that role. Because, you know, a lot of business owners don't have time to do They're so busy, they're fat, they don't have time to do social media. And social media, as we all know, takes a lot of management. Um, so in answer to your question, that would be my first tip. Hire a comms specialist. Mm-hmm. If you can't afford that, look into maybe university interns. Mm-hmm. You could try and get them into your business. In terms of social media, I think it's really important to be across all four platforms. I think each of the platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn are different and they hit de- different demographics. Mm-hmm. So that's another tip. Um, I also think that it's really important to post often and make sure your content is in alignment with your brand. Think about what message you want to send out to your audience. Um, Try and post at least once a day is my recommendation Mm -hmm. across all platforms. Make sure you have good visuals to go with that. No no one just wants to see corporate jargon with, you know, (laughs) you've got to have like a sexy pic to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. I run my own business. Yeah. And I am on you know, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. I don't use Twitter. I, I mean, Twitter. I I think I kind of understand Twitter. It's more about sort of um, in the moment now sort of comments and, you know, from my understanding, it, it was more around news and, um, you know, current events and what's happening now. So I don't know how necessarily with Twitter, how... How would that be a benefit to my business in terms of promoting my business? Being a small business, I mean, is that something that I should be looking at? Yeah, I definitely would recommend Twitter. It's really interesting. Um, On some of my corporate platforms, Twitter's like the second biggest performer after Facebook. Okay. So there is a big contingent, bigger than you think, of business community who are actually on Twitter. And I think, look, it's it's a fun, kind of snappy, short, sharp way to get information across. I I can see that for some businesses it might be a little bit daunting. You can be a bit more playful with Twitter, for example, less 
corporate than you would with, say, LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, again, I think it's about having, you've only got a limited number of characters. So that's why I think a lot of news media, as you mentioned, yeah. there's a lot of journos on it. Yeah, Because there it's is. like yeah. the discipline of writing, is it 280 characters now? Yeah, they upped it a bit. Yeah, yeah. true. Because it used to be really used to be 140. Yeah, yeah, it used yeah. to be 140. Now it's 280, and wow. I actually missed the 140. Like, that is yeah. the skill of writing short, <laughs> yeah, sharp I, content. When you get it, like, exactly yeah. 140, it's oh, like it's you a, feel like you've achieved high. the best yeah, thing. Yeah, I love else. Twitter. Yeah, so I would recommend Twitter. Again, it's like make sure you know what message you're trying to send out. Um, have a bit of fun with it. Be playful. Uh, it's also a good way of link. You can always link to a piece that you've published on your website, link yeah. to something else on LinkedIn. Make sure that your your social media platforms are in alignment. Make sure that you are on brand and you know who your audience is. Make sure you're selling the right message to kind of elevate your brand. Mm -hmm. And do you recommend, recommend getting into Twitter fights? <laughs> Don't feed the trolls. That's one of my favourite things about Twitter is reading uh, Twitter fights. I think businesses have to be really careful what they do. I mean, if it's your personal platform, you can, you know, again, be a little bit more loose yeah. with it. But you are in a corporate sense you know you're the gatekeeper of the brand so you have to be really careful that you don't engage the trolls yeah while also at the same time um you know we've had instances where people have have left you know there's trolls on every platform yeah particularly facebook i find and i think you really have to be careful whether you do actually engage with them if there's a genuine um, requirement for information, then I think you should supply it. But if it's just nasty trolling no. for the sake of trolling, definitely I would leave it. Recommend that you leave it alone. And I yeah. totally understand that. I used to, I used to work in federal politics for yeah. a politician. Nasty stuff. And oh, it was horrendous. Mm. Like I could not get nice. over, um, you know, some of the things that people would say for no, for no reason. Yeah, there's definitely. Oh, they're trying to rile you up. No, it's just like they would be quite, like, quite vulgar yeah. in in their language and expression and things that they would say. Like, do you have any advice if if someone gets these sorts of like? I know you said you sort of have to be careful in in terms of if you engage with them or not. Like, would you suggest like blocking them if they're yeah, just like a serial? Absolutely, pest? I think um, you've got to be really. In, if you're talking from a corporate perspective, definitely protect your brand and report and block. Mm -hmm. I report and block at the site of first sign of weirdness on all my platforms, even my personal ones. Mm -hmm. I just think life's too short to be really getting into that headspace anyway um, and giving yeah. your time to the trolls. Mm -hmm. But from if you're protecting your corporate brand, of course, then yeah, there's no point engaging with them, like I said, unless there's a genuine need for information. Yeah. So what if you ended up getting, say, like a bad review? Like, obviously you can delete them from your page if you want to, but would it be better in some instances to address it um, to show that you're actually concerned with someone who thinks that you're not providing a good service or, or doing a good job? Like yeah, look, I think you have to take it by case by case. Um, when I worked in government media um, for Children's South Queensland, Queensland Health, part of Queensland Health, we would routinely get... Um, you know, some negativity on it, on all platforms from, you know, I guess in that circumstance, a lot of families are upset, their mm. children are sick, they want immediate care and sometimes, you know, like with any service, it falls down. So there were definitely cases where we would go through the messages and respond accordingly. But again, I think you do, if it's just trolling for the sake of trolling, I mean, you can tell the difference. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because I see a lot of, like, I do a lot of um, coffee shop reviewing and uh, <laughs> uh, wine wine reviewing and Barista whiskey expert. reviewing. And beer. 
and beer reviewing. Yes. <laughs> all of those, all of the above. I like to do wine reviewing. It's my favourite. Yes. Thing. Just at home by myself. <laughs> But it's really bad when you see like a, you know, like an average review and then like the, the owners on there writing back and they're getting really defensive and yeah, it's just that's like, right. Yeah. It's a really bad look. Away. Yeah. Yeah. You're better off being classy and dignified and just leaving it. Yeah. yeah. Or trying to handle it privately, even off the platform. If you can contact the person, that's another yeah. rec- I mean, we never get, luckily we, we never get any of that from the fashion festival. All our people are so happy oh. and <laughs> engaged and having such a good Yay. time because it's such a, they're such fun events. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you can handle it privately off the platforms yeah. and I think, you know, sometimes with trolls, they back down massively if you confront in that sort of circumstance. Yeah. Some of it can just be bravado online. Sure. Yeah. Keyboard warriors, as I like to call them. Yeah. So is there, like, a, a rhyme or reason around what content you should be posting on social media as a business? Like, you know, sometimes you can come across pages that... You know, just a purely sell, sell, sell. Um, like what about posting between. memes about cats? <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is where a comm specialist can really add value to a business because it's inherently understanding. Um, because most journalists, I think not all, it's part of your job now to, to be across digital. Mm. So you're always posting content and promoting your own stories. You're always promoting the brand or you're always, you know, on top of the newsy, what, what sells to an audience and what doesn't. So I think it's really important to think about who your audience is. What's your message? What are you trying to get across? How will that elevate your business? Um, make sure that it's all in alignment, like I said. Human interest stories are always really, you know, if you can tie a business to sort of like a heartfelt community angle, or, it really depends on each business and the strength of what you're trying to sell. Um, I, I do think that it is very important to always try and get as many attractive photos across as you can. Yeah. Because, and, and even with when you're pitching to the media, it, there's nothing worse as when you're a journo and someone pitches a story to you, but there's no, no visual, no image to go with it. And then you then have to chase that person. Mm. So say you're a business and you're trying to get a media release across or you're trying to get some publicity. Um, I think you always make sure that your media release is short and sharp. I would definitely recommend that it's no more than one page. Um, keep it newsy and tight and on message. Provide a spokesperson if you can, who, who's an expert in your business on whatever topic that it may be. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing, does that help? In, in Absolutely. Yes, um, it really, really is. Sorry. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Should I keep going? I can talk about really this. Good. I don't want to be boring, though. Keep going. No, no, no. no it's so valuable. Yeah, though. it absolutely yeah. is because, you know, I've worked in communications myself. Yeah. Like, I've written media releases, and that was when I was working in government, and, you yeah. know, news was not always interested in picking up on nice yeah. nice politics stories they're totally. always wanting to dig for their dirt and, yeah. and that sort of thing so it is interesting if you don't have like a great topic but you, you want to get a message out there like how you should sort yeah. of package that how you should pitch that to a journalist to get it 
Yeah, look, and also, like, if you can tie your business to any current newsy trends or topics, that's another way that you can try and, you know, Mm. demonstrate that you've got timeliness and value. But I think the big thing to remember is, is like, try and put yourself in a journalist's shoes. Most journalists are stressed and time poor. um, And like I mentioned before, we've gone from being purely print to now being across digital. So journalist jobs have really just gone beyond. Exploded. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I mean, they're working longer hours than they have before and even more skeleton staff. You know, a lot of the media giants are still retrenching. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Every six months or, you know, every financial year, News Corp still retrenches every Christmas. Wow. So that's fun. At Christmas mm. yeah, time. Yeah, Christmas oh, time. Oh, that's Yeah, horrible. it's a tough time. So I think, so the point being, put yourself in their shoes. You've got to give them something good. And the other recommendation, a big one, it sounds awful, but... Um, when I was a journalist, people would often ask me out for coffee or say, oh, PR people, can you come for a coffee? And I've written down here, which is awful, journalists don't do coffee and they don't want to have coffee with you. <laughs> <laughs> because they're barely having time for their own coffee, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. A lot of journalists work through lunch. Yeah. So no, no, I don't want to go and have coffee. Yeah. Yeah. They, journalists do not want to have that's coffee funny. with you. All a journalist want is a great, timely story, because that's the pressure they're under every day. And an editor chief or chief of staff will say, what have you got? What have you got? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. give them something good. Give them a good visual. Um, send them a video. Help to think about how you're going to excite a journalist and try and get your, mas- your message across. Mm. So in terms of, like, sometimes I would write a media release and they would basically just print it word for word. Yeah, that happens. In the paper Yeah. I, I mean, is, is that, do you take that as a compliment or like, and you know, how you were saying just before that you, you need to keep it short and sharp, are you just sort of wanting to provide dot points these days and then let the journalists write? No, I would always write a media release. And I, I yeah. think be, um, I think it's a thrill when your words get run. I mean, it's not ideal. You think sometimes you go, oh, my God, I can't believe I've just done that. But remember, you know, journalists are time poor. If yeah. it's getting your message across. Mm. Um, Aren't they supposed to tell tell them, though? Well, I just heard on another podcast and they said whenever they just post the media release verbatim, they actually say this is a media release. Look, it's not ideal. Otherwise, they rewrite I would take it as a compliment. If it sells what you're wanting to yeah. Gets your message across. Be thrilled is my recommendation. But then they put their name on it. Yeah, that happens. (laughs) I mean, I have been in instances where I'm not going to name names, but where I've um, been in comms and written the copy for the journalist for a space. So a journalist has said to me, I've got 14 centimetres, can you feel that? Which is hilarious because it's giving them exactly what they need. It's making their jobs easier. So it's all about making their jobs easier and giving them something good. And the other thing I'd, I'd stress is if you're a business owner or a comms person, you're trying to get, I mean, you're trying to get your message, you're trying to sell your story to the media. Don't harass the media. No. <laughs> There's nothing worse than being a journalist and you've sent them a media release and five minutes later you've got a PR person going, I'm just ringing to check yeah, that you, you got, got my media. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's not, it's not like that yeah. anymore. Never stalk a journalist. It will only end in tears. So you send your media release, you could send them a a follow-up email in a couple of days, but honestly, I think keep it classy because you'll just end up irritating them and you'll never get any coverage. They'll just, yeah, Yeah. blackball you. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to... And good PR people, sorry to interrupt, good PR people know that, that you never stalk the journalist, but then there are other people who think, oh, if I'll just keep ringing the journalist, it will make them run them. It doesn't work like that, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and I was gonna, I was just gonna agree with you with uh, in terms of visual like images. Yeah. Because as a graphic designer, like yeah, we have that a lot exactly. too in small businesses. Like, yeah. oh, can you design this for me? Um, and then we say, oh, do you have any good photos? And it's just like no. And it's like, <laughs> you know, help like, me to help you. It's yeah. like it's like a huge part. Like if it's like all the good websites, all the good design. Like it's because of the photography is good that makes it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That gives us yeah. something to work with, and the same thing for. And it puts a visual in your hand, and then you go, okay, that's the message. Yeah. But I think for small businesses, it's like, hard, you know, it's hard. A lot of them don't value that, but it's like so important to have good visual. Absolutely. Like I just, I just looked at a website and it was like every single uh, photo of their staff was like completely different. Yeah. Like you could tell it was completely different photo shoot and it was like completely different quality and um, yeah, it was just, it's just and something thing- that small businesses don't do enough. Agreed. And if you're a small business owner and you're trying to, you know, put amp up your your media, tra- your website traffic, make sure that you have compelling visuals on all your platforms because people, everyone's time poor, everyone's scrolling. If there's nothing pretty or engaging to look at, then you're just going to tune out. Yeah. And there's some, I can't remember the stat, I'm sorry, but there's some amazing stat now about how quickly, how, how little people actually take in when they're reading a news story. And it's literally all you've got is like 30 seconds or the first couple of pages. Yeah. and then people move on yeah. so it's got to be well written it's got to be engaging yeah. it's got to be of value and interest to your audience otherwise they're just never going to engage so with like you. even like having a good headline yeah to draw people absolutely in to read it. a good headline yeah. a good visual a good snappy couple of lead intros yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I've made them s- this mistake before too. You think, especially on Facebook, I think there's been times where I think, oh, I've got to write this big, long post. But I actually think the shorter and snappier, the better. Now I've learned that sort of yeah. the hard way. Even three paragraphs, three you know bullet points written well and mm. short and sharp, plus a picture, that's all you need. Yeah. Bangers. And, and also the other <laughs> thing is... Um, Make sure that you sell the the what, when, where, how, why, who. The five pillars of journalism, I think, apply to comms. Make sure you tell people all the information that they need and put an email on a website or a link at the bottom to make it easier on people. Because the last thing you want is to annoy the reader. Yeah. Very (laughs) true. I was going to ask with um, readers and the whole digital side of it, how do do they take a lot of... Um, stats like in terms of how many people are reading pages like are you, yeah. as a journalist like you write for someone yeah. else's website do you ever find out how many reads your article got or yeah absolutely I think digital uh, digital journalists are under pressure like never before to, to sell the story to do it well you know as quickly as they can but everyone's competing in that space now so yeah yeah I find it um interesting actually because I'm assuming that the printed copy is way way down and it's more digital these days you can actually find a lot of free news but then you also have now that there's a subscription subscription model but there's a lot of people the gated wall that get so angry that they can't read an article because they're not a subscriber because you've already read five that month yeah and and won't pay for it like so is there also um like a real risk that you know it's going to be phased out even more because people are not going to want to pay for it yeah i mean i i definitely think there's no hiding the fact that newspapers are dying um if you look at papers like the australian i mean which is basically rupert murdoch's 
love child. It's him. He puts all his ego into it um, from a journalist's perspective. But that paper's hemorrhaging money. A lot of them are. So you know, the, the whole challenge has always been how do we di- how do we monetize digital? And I don't think anyone's this still being worked out, isn't mm. it? Um, so yeah, there's definitely there's the the paywall issue that I know does annoy a lot of people. But you know, from a journalist's perspective, I think if you if you really back the brand if you back if you love the content yeah then you've got to support i mean to be honest i only subscribe to maybe a handful myself but um i think it's important yeah because i never go down and buy the paper yeah, from the exactly. shop anymore yeah, i'm yeah. always <laughs> online looking at yeah i've looked at, at these stuff. and think how do they sell but maybe yeah. older generations do they do because my dad these. still gets it <laughs> really? delivered yeah. every day bless yep. him yep. He he's does. keeping the industry yep. afloat he does. and i remember <laughs> he's like, keeping journalists yeah. Food on the table. Getting, <laughs> getting the Sunday mail, and I'd do all the crossword mm. puzzles with him when I was a little kid. Nice. On memories of newspapers. Oh, yes. Yeah. I know. I still love picking up a newspaper. I know I don't think that it's like picking up a book for me. I still love that too. I do too. Mm. I find I do find it hard to be reading on. Yeah, like a screen's so cold. Whereas the actual feel, the texture, the smell, and you know, mm-hmm. who doesn't love a bookshop? Mm. I like uh, getting my computer to read. Articles to me. What's wow. the voice like? <laughs> what does it sound like? It's, it's actually like really Siri. good because you can get, like, for me anyway, I'm a slow reader, so I can bump up the speed so it can wow. read really fast, so I can get through mm. an article really good. It's really good for long articles too. Like yeah, yeah, you can wow. choose. It's all like depending on what computer you have, but mm. if you have an Apple, you can choose like a, this Australian girl. If you, if you pick the, it's like Siri. It's like Siri. I wonder yeah. if it actually does sound like an Australian girl. She does, but and then uh, the, the British one is uh, a man. The British voice. So there's like, and then there's a couple of Americans. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> no, yeah. what does he sound like? That would be cool, though. It yeah, would could, actually. That could Imagine be a James feature. Bond was reading your story. Oh, I take Optimus Prime. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be pretty cool, actually. A transformer. Well, I heard you could get Darth Vader on your GPS. Uh, Darth Vader's just overdone. (laughs) (laughs) So, is that? Do you find that easier way of like getting as much information as you can in a short? Um, For me, it's like I can multitask because I can Mm. listen to. Yeah. I listen to a lot of like. podcasts and and videos videos where i don't actually have to watch the video mm. and so yeah i can i can be listening to an article and be doing something else mm. or my new thing is triple tasking <laughs> so i've managed to play i can You're play man you can't do that i can listen to a podcast and i can play a game on my phone and i can play a game on the tv Impressive. or i can watch a game of like something that you don't have to watch all the time like cricket or something and play a game on your phone and you listen to a podcast so, is it true men can multitask? Well, <laughs> I just think that they say uh, no one, no one can. Apparently, no one can really multitask. It's uh, it's called the suboptimal um, tasking or something. I don't know. A man said that. It, he did. Yes, you're right. Try being a working mother. <laughs> we're good in the workforce because we're used to juggling fifty things at once. <laughs> oh, I could four tasks. I shouldn't go that down this road. Well, all the, all the three I said before, plus vacuum the house with the robo vacuum cleaner. Oh. Does that not that's, count? You, that's not vacuuming. <laughs> You're not even touching it. <laughs> You're just pressing the button. Maybe men can only multitask if there's gadgets involved. Mm. Mm. But that's technically not multitasking. Okay. 
Let's change the subject. <laughs> what do you think about emojis? <laughs> I love emojis. I do. I know they're not for everyone. I think even in a corporate social media space, be really careful. Use them sparingly. But if it's a personal platform, <laughs> emoji. I use them all the time. We had an argument yesterday um, about what the high five emoji was. Who did? Uh, me, me and a friend. Ooh. And. Yeah, it was, oh, the, it was confusing. The if ones. it's the two hands up, but that's yeah, praise, that's or it's the single hand, but that also means stop. There's also one that I think is slap. Yeah, that, there's one. a clap. Anyway. No, the, one, the wave one is the slap. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So they're running courses at university for in emoji studies yet? Really? I think they need to. I wonder. <laughs> I don't understand why, like, if you hover over it, does it actually tell you? It doesn't actually it does. tell you what it is. Uh, on it should your on the website. When you're doing a text, though, you no, can type in a word and, and it comes up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't. Well, that's where this. the confusion was because um, the friend was typing in high five, and up came the the two hands praise one. Mm. So she was like, "That means high five because mm. Apple says some, it's so." Some of them have multi meanings then. Yeah, they do. I guess. Why is there no flamingo? That's my question. There's not? There's not. There's no flamingo? There's no flamingo. I know this because I have children. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> is there a unicorn one? <laughs> there, is, there is a unicorn. Well, they're adding new ones, so maybe you yeah. can get the flamingo added. To petition. There's also apparently, the um, there's like the, the least used ones every year. They always try to delete them. Yeah. But then there's like a group that, that, that starts and they're like, quick, everyone use this one because it's going to get deleted. And then, then it goes up the chart so then it doesn't get deleted. Really? Yeah, it's ridiculous. There's a whole, there's an international um, body oh that God. controls emojis because oh the God. Japanese invented it, but now there's an international body that governs it. Yeah, oh it's, like, it's a whole thing. I don't okay. know why we went down that well, road at all. Off the topic of emojis... <laughs> Is there anything else? Um, yeah, do you have you any other, <laughs> before we um, wrap up, are there any other tips, just quickly, or if you want to recap your top tips? Okay. Um, I w- one other thing just to say is, like, say you're a business and you're struggling to get any media coverage and you're not sure how to do your own social media, like I said, I'd always recommend that you get a comms professional. You can find a lot of us on LinkedIn. Um, that's a good platform to try and find an expert. I think um, another way to sort of sell your message is newsletters. Monthly newsletters can be annoying to some people, but they are a great way of getting across short, sharp information about what your business has been up to, what your business stands for. Um, And I think even if a business struggles to see the value of reach and follower numbers, some businesses' owners just don't value it. They don't get it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a dangerous thing to not value social media because it can be such a good way to communicate with the audience and communicate with the the community um, and all, and as we've talked about you know if something goes wrong with your brand or your company and the service that you're offering it's often the first port of call where you'll hear from your audience that something's gone wrong and you can try and nip it in the bud and, and hopefully resolve that before it becomes a bigger news story or goes to your local newspaper that's the last mm-hmm. thing that you want so again that's where a good comms person can kind of step in there and do some brand management for you um, and I think the other thing is when you're thinking about how to build your social media followings don't just do corporate jargon because no one wants to read that and people will quickly tune out. Find someone who can write well and um, think about how to engage your audience again with visuals, videos as much as you can. Pretty Everyone loves a picture of young attractive types. <laughs> Sounds terrible but that's what newspapers are built on, you know, on the right hand side, pretty girl picture. 
yeah. sells newspapers. So you can, I think you can apply that to your social media as well, which is not, which is hard to do sometimes if you've got, you know, depending on the corporate brand. Anything else that you want to ask me about? What about uh, sex scandals? Are they good to sex manufacture? Scandals. Good to publicity? Try and avoid always. that where possible. There's always something. But use sex to sell your message. That's my top tip. <laughs> <laughs> so Very in nice. terms of visuals, I mean. <laughs> if, if any of our listeners actually want to contact you and maybe consider engaging your expertise where where can they find in you in a non um, troll like quite, <laughs> don't troll it <laughs> definitely or do not stalk troll I'm quite pro- prolific across all um, platforms actually no, mostly just Twitter Instagram um, and LinkedIn you'll find me under Nick Carrington or Nicole Carrington Seymour I am on LinkedIn so yeah hit me up and Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week is mbff.com.au. So it's Mercedes-Benz Fashion Festival Brisbane and the, the acronym is MBFF and you can buy tickets online on mbff.com.au now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Nicole. Thank you. Yeah. Your, your tips Hope that's been, been helpful. Yeah, if absolutely amazing. I learnt some stuff out of that today, which is really really helpful so appreciate your time thank you very much for having me woohoo fashion festival time (laughs) and we're out thank you for joining us if you like what you hear you can subscribe wherever good podcasts are found we are called business meets coast you can also find us on facebook and instagram at business meets coast i've been steven and i've been sophie Thank you for listening. Goodbye.